Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. Tommy Bahami, here we are again. Davey, Davey, man, guess what? Guess what just happened? What happened? I am so pumped today because I'm back from our spring meeting from Naples, Florida on the beach. Who doesn't like to have meetings on the beach, my friend? And I'm sure our guest today can probably equate to that, can't you, Jeff? Absolutely. Nothing like it. So I'm excited to hear what Rogan. the rental community's got going on today, man. I hear yeah. they're streaming along well. American Rental Association, we have Jeff Rogan, who is, and Jeff, every time I say your name, I, I can't help but think of the other Rogan, especially doing Same. a podcast. Yeah, I get that a lot. I I'll bet you do. Instantly goes to Joe Rogan. But we got Jeff Rogan, uh, who is the Senior Director of Member Services with American Rental Association. And uh, we're going to pick Jeff's brain today, as gross as that sounds. It's a figurative <laughs> thing. It's not literal here. But we are going to pick your brain figuratively. Uh, and try to get a better understanding for how you manage your membership and get them engaged at ARA. Sound good? Sounds great. So my number one question, Dave, right out of the shoot is Jeff. I love it. You're jumping in. I, I was <laughs> about to see, we usually fight for airtime. Go ahead, Tom. You win. What can't you rent? Is there anything you can't rent? So we do not rent. For our association, we don't do boats, RVs, that type of thing. More equipment, tents, chairs bulldozers, that type of thing. How is wow, that? That's a broad spectrum. It is. It is. So, so our association is really based around the, the equipment rental and event rental industry. So our members are, we have both the general members who would be uh, the actual stores who do the renting. Um, and we have two segments. One is the equipment that handles general tool, large equipment, anything from skid steers, uh, bulldozers, jackhammers, you know, cut saws, all that type of thing. And then we have our event segment, which is more of the the tents, the chairs, um, the lighting, the backdrops, different things like that, some furniture rental. Um, so we have two segments. And in totality, we have about 5,600 general members. Um, and with those general members, we have just under right around 12,000 total locations that our association represents. Tell me, like, so um, the first thing that comes to mind, and I, I, I spoke over Tom a second ago when I asked this, tell me about 2020. Was that a devastating, win? I mean, I would imagine of many associations, you guys were blasted. So it's, it's interesting because I joined the association in June of 2020. So right at the height of really when things were getting really crazy with the pandemic. The funny um, thing is, Jeff, is that's when everybody was saying that it was going to turn and, and just go away. <laughs> right. And February, March, and April, I was like, this is going to be gone by in the May. Couple weeks. Of June. Couple weeks. Six weeks. Blow your nose. It, it, it was wild. So what was interesting is I came from 19 years in retail, the for-profit, where you, know, you immediately look at where do we save costs? Usually it's payrolls, things like that. Coming to the association space, being hired on during the uncertainty of COVID, and what the association did for the members, it was really our time to, to group together and say, hey, how are we going to take care of our members? They need our help. So we did a lot of um, different things and really pivoted quickly to show our members how to be clean, safe, essential. We rolled out an education program for them so that they knew how they could stay open. We provided them with floor decals for the six foot. We provided them with you know the PDP that they needed. Um, 
Well, at the same time, we have an advocacy team in D.C. who really went to Congress to promote rental and show why rental was essential. From the member standpoint, we basically put everybody in a grace period. We put everybody kind of in a holding pattern because we didn't want to ask them for dues knowing that it wasn't the right time for them. So we, we held dues uh, for the majority of 2020 and then started slowly working back into kind of the regular rotation with them um, as far as that goes. But we did see a significant drop, especially in the event segment. Um, I think you know nobody was really doing parties. Nobody was doing receptions other than the industrial tents that were being used at the COVID testing centers or the hospitals. Anybody who did just tabletop plates, napkins, um, some of them folded up, unfortunately. And so, so let's let's help me with the numbers. You said how big is your membership now? So about fifty six hundred general members. And and uh, fifty six hundred general. And these are uh, organizations. Correct. So uh, to give you some larger names, United Rental would be one general member for us. But all of their locations fall under their branch locations. Sure, so when okay. you look at the total locations at that twelve thousand mark, that represents the main member and then all of the branches that they may have. Okay. And and so when say 2021 mid 2021 I'm assuming you at this point you turn on the charges again. 2020 you're like no renewal fees for what a year? Yeah, it was we we really were playing it month to month and really trying to just yeah. communicate with the members um what the expect you know where we were at what we could do for them uh, but really didn't have a set date as to when we were going to flip the switch. And and so how, how low, what was your low point in that window of, of general members? I would say we dropped roughly, you know, give or take around seven, 800 members at our low point. Yeah. So about 12, 15 percent. And yeah, then right. did you come back? Were, were you at 5,600 beforehand or are you still working your way back? So what's exciting about it is we really worked ourselves back in. We changed some things at the association around engagement. Um, you know, coming from the retail world, it's all about the customer. So around the same time I was hired, we hired uh, two additional uh, people, Josh uh, Nickel and James Auerbach, who are VPs over the event and the equipment segment respectively. They came from 20 plus years within the field um, and all of us kind of had that customer first mentality. So for us, it was about how do we find those engagement points with the members, but doing it more from a, viewing them as a customer instead of a member. Um, so by doing that, it, for me, it was, I'm used to selling socks and underwear is what I did for the last 19 years. Now it's about promoting benefits and resources and really seeing what they need, finding that one thing that makes the membership valuable for them. So we had a lot of conversations with our, both our existing members, past members and, and prospective members over the last two years and couldn't be more proud of the team, but we actually right now are at an all-time high with our member count than we've ever been since the association started 65 plus years ago. That's amazing. That's great to hear. And, and but I want to go back to what you said about 15 seconds ago. Uh, how many contacts, you must have uh, tens of thousands of contacts that you're engaging, right? At these 5,600 general members? Correct. Correct. We have our primary contact that we go through and then the team puts really good notes in the CRM as far as if they make contacts with other individuals. So we know who we need to contact for various things. Okay. So, and then, but you just said, what is that one thing that keeps people coming back? But the one thing for any one of those given members is going to be different 
you know, you probably have five, six, seven things that people keep coming back for. You can't assume that everybody's coming back for the same thing. How do you understand? Yeah. So for us, it's asking the questions, you know, when we're engaging with them, whether it's at a, uh, a state meeting that we'll have, whether it's at a lunch and learn, whether it's at a, a new member orientation call, we'll ask them, even on the one-on-one -on -one calls, tell me a little bit about your business. What are you hoping to get out of membership? You know, what would you like to grow your business in? Where do you need some help? Um, and by when they answer those questions, it really helps the team steer them to where they might need to go. So somebody may say, well, you know what? I wish I had more time to work on my business, but I'm the one in the back washing the equipment, getting it ready for rental. At that point, we'll shift over and talk about what we're doing for workforce development and how we're going out to the trade schools and the technical schools to promote rental as a uh, viable career um, for our members, giving them you know postings on um, various uh job boards that, that they can find beneficial. So that comes from them. So we have hundreds of different things we can offer them. It just really depends on what they want. And then the team really just asks those questions and then they narrow in on, okay, well, here's something I think would really benefit you. Share that with them, do a follow-up email with them, set them up with whatever resources they need. But that's our starting point. That gets the first line of engagement. So they feel good. And then it's a matter of going, doing everything else after that. So it's very consultative is what it sounds like. And, and so I'm very curious. And Tom, I'm, I'm going to stop here. Domination. Domination. <laughs> what, I can what see you it. Say? It's a domination. So I want, so the, I don't know what that means. Why? Hold, <laughs> hold on one second, then explain what that means. So Jeff, you're, you have this anecdotal sort of conversation with people when you happen to see them in person. Um, some representative hears that information at any point, is that like what do you use for a CRM? I mean, sorry, for an AMS. Uh, Aptify. Okay, so you use an Aptify, and at some point, I'm assuming they update the con contact or the account record in Aptify with yep, the information so, so that it's it's recorded somewhere, right? Exactly. So we have added a couple of things into our Aptify system, just some some general flags of things we may need to find out about, whether it's how many locations they have, how many you know, people are working there, what their inventory mix is, so we can keep current on all of that. The other thing the team does is they do a wonderful job of putting detailed notes into the contact log. So if a member were to call in, whoever answers the phone will be able to quickly just read that last contact and understand, hey, it looks like we sent you information on you know, our education platform. Have you had an opportunity to go in it? That type of thing. Yeah, like L.L. Bean did 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Like that was all the rage literally like 30 years ago. I remember this in the 90s. I was in business school at the time. And like all the talk was like, oh, my God, you call Ella Bean. They know what kind of shirt you got last. And it was like magic. It was like we nobody had any idea how that was even possible because this concept of the database, especially the customer database, was brand new, at least. And who, who writes anything down while you're talking? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that's True. crazy. How do they know what size shirt I got? They're amazing. They're the best company ever. Anyway, so Tom, to, what do you mean to, by I, domination? I, what are you talking about? A, me going every every time every time I go to there's a pause. I'm like one, two. And you fact, can't pause. Like, I There's no pausing. Question. There's no pausing in this podcast or else you get dominated. <laughs> I know. Exactly. All right, go ahead. You can take right, so it. So for the next you 10 minutes, you just sit idly by and drink your Mountain Dew. <laughs> so, so two big questions, Jeff. And I know you weren't there 
before COVID, I'm sure you've heard some other y'all talked about it, but what was the engagement like pre-COVID versus after COVID? What did it really, what did that pandemic really do from an engagement strategy standpoint? I think it was, you know, obviously I can't speak to prior to when I was onboarded, but during COVID, we were making a lot of calls to just check on members. And again, I think my mentality, Josh and James's mentality was that's how you keep members happy. That's how you keep members engaged is by connecting with them. And and I think long term, we knew that that was the solution that was going to have to be something that would work for us. Um, so we actually two years ago changed um, our membership uh, member services structure to where we have a core team who does all of the inbound calls, all of the outbound engagement calls, the renewal calls to really, you know, have them focused on sharing that message with existing members. And then we have a separate team um, who really are all about the new member acquisitions, you know, one in equipment, one in event. You know, so what about large member? I mean, y'all got obviously United Rentals, you've got some ginormous members and you've got medium and you've got some small mom and pop. So How's your engagement strategy changed in those three layers? How do you do, approach it differently or the same? So we do have um, a large rental company committee um, that is headed by one of the VPs um, in the organization. We also have a large equip or event rental committees, and they really act as kind of a steering committee um, because obviously they're looking for different things. They're looking for the advocacy. They're looking for you know certain things around taxes and what they need is to is completely different than what somebody who is just getting into rental as far as, hey, I need help building a contract. I need help with my human resources. I need help with, I have people who are new to rental. What do I need to do? Whereas a lot of the larger companies don't have that need. They have their internal HR, their internal education. So it's kind of a split. Um, But my team, the member services team, talks to all members, whether they are new to rental or whether they're a united rental or right. something so so what percent of i'm always interested in, the, interested in this question because we track it so what percent of your members would you say are engaged in, in one major touch point throughout your association when you say members you're talking about the organization the, the 5600 the primary the contact pay, yeah the yes pri- right the, the primary check writer you know when they sign up a member one company 12 locations but what is the one company who renews or, or not renews, how many of those are engaged in at least one major touch point? That's a great question. I would say we track, we we have a uh, member engagement score that we keep track of. Um, and that's really how we um, work on our, um, who to call for engagement first. If sure. the lower engaged members and newer members first, um, I don't know that I could put a number on that with, without just throwing a dart as to what that might be. Well, then, um, but then, I, would say, I would say maybe, you know, 85% of our members, maybe 90% use at least one feature. Um, if they don't, right. then they're, yeah, if they don't, then there's really no reason for them to be part of us. And that's been the other thing we've pushed is we've got to show value. We right. Associations 20 years ago, I think people, I'm part of an association because I'm part of the industry. Now we have to show value and we have to show that we do provide that to them. So dig into your 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 engagement score. How do you? I mean, because if you're going to collect numbers, you got to track it, and if you don't measure it, you don't really know success. So how how are you tracking or measuring your engagement score? Yeah, what, what, I'm curious if you're using a system for that, or we we built the our system based on what we have and kind of put the assigned um, points to it. 
Um, at the end of it all, what we view that on is the retention overall uh, association retention number, which for us over the last 12 months has really floated anywhere between 88 and 90% um, overall retention uh, within the association. So for me, that's the number that I use as kind of my, my benchmark. Um, we do look at the segment growth um, as far as new members, where we're getting new members, where we're losing members um, to track and make sure that each segment is growing while at the same time we're maintaining our existing members. So for me, that's the number that I look at at the end of every month to say, okay, how are we doing? And your revenue, if, if, if I have this data right, is somewhere around 19 million, is that right? Yeah, I haven't seen it for the, the last report, but yeah, because we, you know, between um, our ARA show, um, the magazine and membership is, is the main drivers there. And, and so generally a member is worth somewhere around three or four thousand dollars that sound about right yeah it's interesting we did do a study once of the different levels of membership the smaller versus the larger and kind of you know what that lifetime value looks like yeah so i guess, I guess it varies dramatically based on the member type correct right? yeah right? but the average just doing rough math the average is you know 19 million divided by 5600 you know, somewhere around $3,300 a year per member across all of the revenue streams, Correct. right? Yep. Um, and so that'd be an interesting calculation to see like retention being, let's just call it 90%. If that means like 560 members are bailing this year, uh, you probably get new ones though, right? Correct. So there's, and it seems as though you're growing, so you're getting more new ones than you are losing. Right. And some of the loss that we're seeing is um, through mergers and acquisitions. You know, it, it's a very competitive out there with some of the larger companies looking to acquire, you know, additional locations. Um, and it's not even just the, the majors. It's, it's even, you know, stores that may have five locations, but they're buying, you know, somebody else in a, in a nearby town and picking up a couple more locations. Um, so they stay members with us. The general member number drops, but the total location stays the same. So it's somewhere around $2 million a year, though, that um, is going out the bottom of the boat. Now, you're also bringing in more business, but it seems like, are, so have you, do you think about retention as, now 90% is very good, on average, well, for trade associations, it might be a little below average. Is that fair to say? No, no. But average for trade associations is about the mid eighties. Okay. All right. So it's still trade associations still higher than professional associations, but um, given the opportunity there, what are you doing to try to increase retention, or is that not really a major focus? No, that's, that's a huge focus for us. So some of the things we've done over the last couple of years are uh, we've implemented a monthly lunch and learn program that's really driven by the members as far as what we're hearing, what my team's hearing from the members as far as what they want. We put together the lunch and learn, whether it's with a partner of ours or somebody within the association to have great conversations. Uh, we have a biweekly new member orientation call that's open for our new members. It's open for any members who just want to get a little bit more knowledge of what's available for them. We have ramped up our in-person visits. Um, Josh and James uh, are two who probably spend the, the bulk of their weeks out traveling. Tony, our CEO, spends a tremendous amount of time uh, visiting stores, visiting members, 
Um, that's a big part of what we do is getting out to the members just to you know, see how it's going, what they need from us, um, and really just listening to them. Mm. But I would say for, for me, for us and the team, retention is a is retention and engagement is probably the number one focus we have. What is the um, what, what do you, how would you define your value proposition? Why 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 are your members coming back? When I think it's to your point earlier, it's different for every member. Everybody sees a different value there. Some really value, um, as an ARA member, there's equipment discounts with our associate members, you know, the Kubotas, the, the John Deere's, those type of places. That's a big one. We have our annual trade show where we bring everybody together and we have, you know, speakers. Some people, that's the number one thing that they have. We also have an insurance uh, branch, um, ARA insurance, that is exclusive to the event and equipment industry. So that brings people in. So really, we're trying to find whatever is of value to the member and see how we can implement that. What is, do you, are you using, like, tell me about your tech stack. Are you using a community? You use Aptify. Do, yep. you, do you have a community? Do people utilize that kind of thing? In your so we have, uh, we have uh, several Facebook pages. We have the equipment group. We have a event group. We have a YP group. We have a women in rental group. Um, and there's a lot of information sharing that goes on there. And a lot of staff at the association respond to those and help people kind of guide them to what they may need. Yeah. And how do you communicate? I mean, obviously you're making a lot of phone calls. You're, you must, I'm, I'm assuming you're sending out a ton of emails. Emails, phone calls, direct mail on occasion. Uh, mm -hmm. We use a lot of social posts, whether it be on LinkedIn or Facebook uh, for like the lunch and learns. We'll, we'll put it on both of those platforms to let people know, because again, uh, we want it's it's a member benefit, but we open it up if somebody's interested in hearing about it. We then do follow ups with everybody who was on that call afterwards. What, what do you think of it? You mentioned direct mail. Uh, this is an interesting conversation. I think in our last conversation, we got into this a little bit. What what are your thoughts on direct mail and how do you measure success from it? So what we started doing was adding a QR code so we could track if they were doing something with that piece of mail. Yeah. And I'm a fan of the direct mail. I, I think you know, in today's world, there's a lot of email overload where you're getting message after message. Um, and I read recently where, you know, I believe it was around 30%, give or take, uh, of members don't renew simply because they didn't know it was time for them to renew. So it makes you wonder yeah. if you're sending it to the right person. I know where you read that. It, so we did a study, actually. So we, we're very, very involved with the renewal process being propul, and, and it's actually the numbers way higher. It's okay. The number we tracked was 53% of members let their membership, now this is in either in grace period or past that, let their membership lapse because they didn't know it, it, uh, it, it, it lapsed. It, unbelievable. They just, after like a dozen emails, it's just, we train people in yep. this world, we train people just to ignore the emails because we send so much broadcast yeah we yep. send so much broadcast stuff it's like if i'm looking at my 200 emails today the ones i'm going to focus on are the ones that require some action right so what we did we actually did oversized postcard says expired on it um with information on the backside and the qr code for them to scan to to connect and renew how'd that um, work and, and we've seen we've seen you know it hasn't been you know huge numbers but i would say 40 percent ish that we've gotten back from that 
Yeah. Um, and we're actually looking at adding a secondary one in a little earlier in the process just to get it on somebody's desk. You know, make it a nice color, make it bold, bright that they say, what is this? Um, because, again, email overload seems to be a big, a big problem mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a big believer. In, I mean, I think because e the email saturation, we are we're big believers in direct mail here. We do ton, a lot of new member campaigns. We do a lot when we do our trade show. We basically send direct mail to everybody east coast of the Mississippi because we're always on the east coast, and it has a dramatic effect because it's the one piece that lands on their desk. You know, especially yeah. if it's like you said, it's a ginormous card. It, it gets their attention for sure. So I I have I only have one more question well it may lead to like 15 other ones so so like so uh jeff where do you think this is a difficult question to ask or to answer i think because i'm asking you to expose your weaknesses but like where where are you struggling like where where are you finding it you keep trying stuff and it's just like you can't figure it out as it relates think, to engagement yeah i think the biggest challenge that that my team has um, is connecting with the right person on a call. You know, we have call campaigns for engagement calls, but it's connecting with them at the right time and making sure that they're available. So we actually made a couple changes to that where we now send calendar invites to members after we call. We do like an email summary, also with a link to say, hey, here's my calendar. If there's a time that works for you, please please, you know, sign up. And we found that to be really beneficial to find that connecting time as opposed to us calling them when they have a line of people at the counter. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jeff, if anybody's listening and they're like, man, I want to take, not that they haven't taken anything yet, but what is the secret sauce? When you look at ARA and you look at your engagement strategy, the loyalty, the, um, the excitement that people bring to the table to ARA, what is the secret sauce in your engagement strategy you think is, is kind of the, the glue? Honestly, I, I would say it's the team. The, my, the, the member services team is very engaging with the members. They, they do their homework. It, it's not like a call center. They make a lot of calls, but they know who they're talking to. When they right. get a member on the phone, they're able to say, hey, I saw you use this, this, and this. Um, that's been the biggest win is just those personal connections. Um, because word of mouth spreads. You, know, you can get some referrals that way. Like, oh, you have to join the American Rental Association if you are getting into rental. Yeah. Tom, it's what amazing. do you say? You want to you want to yeah. jump into that final question we always ask? Absolutely. All right. So the way the way this last piece, and I, I think you've listened to the podcast before, so you may know, but the, Tom and I like to highlight one thing we heard that is resonates with us, um, and then we'd ask you the same thing: Is there something that you want to resonate with the audience, or is there some kind of epiphany or thought you had? here that um, got you thinking a little deeper than you have in the past. So Tom, with that, you want to go? Sure. So real quick, Jeff, how many, how many employees do y'all have? Uh, we're at about 68. Okay. I mean, one of the things that I, that I took away from this and you, you hit on it was people. I think a lot of times in association, this electronic age now with artificial intelligence, Everybody's getting this mindset that we need to start focusing on how can we have high tech to our members. And I'm a big believer like you are. High touch is everything. I mean, technology gets stuff to them quicker. But when it comes, I mean, we're made for connection. We're made for relationships. That's why live meetings thrust back in success after COVID because people had such a deep desire. For that. I was telling people the other day, 
when we went to our spring meeting in, in, Jan, in uh, May of 2021, there was such a vibrancy in that meeting. We had about two thirds of what we normally would have, but the excitement level and the connection was probably off the charts of any meeting we've ever had because people were so had a big desire to be connected. And so I think what my big takeaway is, is just from your conversation is don't forget the human touch factor with your members and how important that is. I, when we were in COVID, we gave all of our members um, one quarter. We said, we believe that in the financial issues you're going through for one quarter, you can, we do quarterly dues. You can, you can just mark on your invoice paid in full for that quarter if you want for one quarter. That was about 15% of our reserves if everybody did it. And out of all of our members, five companies did it. And everybody else said, no, nope, we're paying our dues, which to me smoked volumes. And I think it's because like you, we take such a high level of human touch to our members. So hats off to you and your team making that a commitment because it really makes a big difference. Awesome. Thanks. My uh so I'm visualizing, you know, on on like Facebook, when they do Facebook Live or, or things, they show like the audience ex level of excitement and like like where the peaks and so on. For me, the level of excitement peaked when you said uh, we ask questions. Yeah, no, Tom, that's right. <laughs> I know well, for obvious reasons, you know, right. prop fuel being my business all centered around asking questions. So you said we want to make sure we identify what's important to each individual. I was like, so how do you do that? And you're like, we ask questions. And I just like inside, I just exploded with excitement because uh, obviously that's so um, relevant to what I think about every single day. And so that's it, that that was a highlight for me. And I love that you do that. I love that. I love your attention in that in ARA. I love your attention to connecting. This is very similar what Tom said. To connecting with individuals um so that for me i i love that focus the other thing that's very correlated to that is um it really is interesting to think about you have a great retention rate but you're still losing two million dollars a year in in churn right like you're, you're yeah. churning two million dollars a year one, if you could bump that one percentage point, that's a hundred grand, right? So like, no, wait, 200 grand, $200,000. If I'm doing my math, right? Don't do my math. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of money, right? It, 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 by winning back, instead of losing 560, use 460. Um, anyway, just uh, my, my head starts spinning with that. Instead of thinking about how awesome we are for getting 90%, how do we get 91%? How do we get 92%? Yep. Right. And so uh, I know you're working on that. It's <laughs> I know it's not easy. <laughs> every I, day, I, every day. I know. Right. So anyway, but that got me thinking like, there's a lot, a lot of money, right? We're talking about money right now. We're, we're not talking about mission and vision and values. We're talking about money. There's a lot of money on the line with every point of retention. Anyway, that, 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 I was just thinking about that. So go ahead. You know what, I, you know what I've learned the last, last 10 years from that day? What? Everything's funny when you're making money. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot more fun, isn't it? Like it is, a lot more it is. fun yes, when it you're is. doing it well. Anyway, go ahead, Jeff. What's your key takeaway? You know, a couple of things. I would I would agree with the retention piece. I think when you break it down and look at it from that point, um, you know, our, we're always striving to do better, better retention. Uh, but I also think that, you know, I was thinking it was around the 30% mark for members who weren't renewing, but um, if the average truly is over 50%, you know, it really makes me think of 
how do we continue to find different ways of connecting with members? Or not only around that, my, my thought is, as I was thinking through it, is it goes back to that personal connection. If you make the personal transaction and make that partnership with them, the financial transaction is going to take care of itself. They're not going to leave because they have a relationship with, whether it's the rep, whether it's a VP, whether it's the CEO, that relationship will lead us to higher financial transaction when it comes time for renewal. And I, by the way, by bringing that up, I don't mean to um, turn you into a greedy capitalist. It's, uh, it, it, but, but value, uh, I say this oftentimes that in being an entrepreneur, I'm super interested in creating, right? I, I consider the world of entrepreneurship to be about creativity, about innovation, especially in smaller businesses, because you need to be innovative to create something that's of value to help people do something better, more efficiently, uh, to, to make it, uh, it better and therefore make that world around them better. And the only way you can measure that, in my book, there's only one way to measure that and that's in revenue because the revenue determines your success in creating value. Can I share just a quick story? Please, um, yeah. And it, it ties right into the revenue piece of what you were saying. So when I look back at 2020, what we did as an association was come up with that Clean Safe Essential program to really help our members stay open, be safe. Um, there was a financial charge. I believe it was $50 per uh, company for that. And what we did is we took the funding from that. So, yes, it was an add-on for them. However, that money all went into a national ad campaign around why rent? Why rental? Where we did commercials for the event, the equipment, the professional contractor, um, you know, more targeted ads online so that we could capture more market and, and really go back to the sharing economy um, and really share around, you know, why people should rent versus buy. You know, perfect example. COVID was a perfect example of that. People didn't have the money to put out to buy new equipment. So let's rent it. So we took that money, like I said, and just pulled it together and took it all into the national ad campaign. So to your point about the, the financials, as long as it's going back in, it makes perfect sense. That's really cool, though. It, it's the it's the got milk sort of thing or or the eat more chicken. <laughs> but <is> that, <laughs> actually, that's Chick-fil-A that does but that. But you know what people chicken. don't think what people don't think through. And I've done this is why I've always tried. You know, I try and bring an entrepreneur spirit to our association and innovate. Because the more money that you can drive through non-dues revenue, the less money you have to go to members to get dues. You can keep your dues relatively consistent. We uh, Up until this past year, we hadn't had a dues increase in 16 years because we've been so successful. At rate. We've gone from less than 100 grand in net reserves to over a million two in 15 years because we did some really cool things, value drive when I first got here. I mean, we, we finally had to, because costs were going up, we finally said, you know what, we got to get our membership to at least kick in a little bit more. But the reason I ask your your number of employees, Jeff, because, you know, doing the phone calling thing, I know if a CEO walked in and says, you know, new strategy, we're going to call every member every quarter once. People go, we got 5,600 members. That's impossible. But if you do the math, if every one of your ARA staff members, every one of them took responsibility for calling one and a half members, say two members a day, you would call every member four times a year. So it's a, it boils it down to a really small number. Mm -hmm. I think that's what most associations forget. For us, it's calling one member a day, all the staff, and we touch every member four times a year. But when you say we're going to contact them all four times a year, it's like, man, that's too much. But, you know, you say, you know what, Jeff, could you contact a member a day? It's like, 
I probably contact ten just because they call in. But I right. think that I, I think that's oh, the way they have outbound too, Tom. They're doing outbound phone calls. No, that's on that's what I'm saying. You you know, yeah. if, if someone calls you, you don't have to just have to call them outbound, but there's 40% of our members that probably never call into the association. But I just go back to boiling it down, a large membership down to a small number for each staff. And plus, I think it gives staff for people listening on this. I think it gives staff, even the accounts payable person, they're part of the membership engagement strategy because we live in a recommend, review, and rating world that if the accounts payable person or the accounts receivable person pisses somebody off, excuse the phrase, but if they do, they're going to go out and post about it. So that person even needs to have a connection to the membership to have a little bit of empathy and compassion for why they're there, what their purpose is, and the connection to them. So that's why when we do when we do calling campaigns, we like to get everybody involved. You can see why we needed a third person in this because Tom <laughs> and I just we will not stop talking. I love it. I love it. Hey Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Really enjoyed having you here. Uh, this is a, a super stimulating conversation. Thank you. I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me. Thanks, Jeff. Nice to meet you. Thanks. We hope you gained some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.